Well, God challenged me this week, and I'm good with that. I like to be challenged. Uh, but that came by way of Shelly and I walking back through what was a method of Bible study we had used when we lived overseas. And I, we really hadn't applied to our Western context. And, and the challenge was, Zach, don't ever let your spiritual gift of teaching, I love to teach God's Word, don't ever let that get in the way of people personally reading my Word and applying it to their lives. It was a good challenge to me. Because my concern is this, that people may look at God's Word and, and we walk through that week in and week out. We're going through the New Testament book of Luke, which I, I love to go through books of the Bible, because we want to apply all of God's Word to our lives. We don't want to miss anything as we do that. But my concern is, is that people could have the impression you need a, a degree from a Bible school, you need to go to seminary, you need to spend t uh, 20, 30 hours a week going through a passage to then be able to apply it to your life. And that's simply not true. And, and so the impression that I got from the Lord was, let's get you out of the way this week and, and allow God's word to directly speak to people's hearts. And so it was a method that we call discovery Bible studies. And so what the Lord put firmly on my heart is that I simply lead you through that today. So what that means is the message I had for today, I threw it in the garbage, and I got nothing. And some of you are like, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> what are we doing this morning? And some of you are new to Connection Point, and you're like, what kind of church have I walked into today? <laughs> but here's my conviction. My job description is written in Ephesians chapter 4. And it is to equip you for all that God has for your life. And I want to make sure that Zach and Shelley Maddox never get in the way. That's, that's my pledge to you. We won't. And, and so what I, I asked Shelly, if you wouldn't mind to come, Shell, I asked her to, to share some of our experience with this overseas because some of you might be here and you would say, well, I'm not even a Christian. I'm not even sure about this Jesus thing. What is this process going to look like? And my encouragement to you is we actually didn't even use this with Christians. We used it with Muslims, people that were far from God. And God did extraordinary things in opening up their hearts to him. So if you find yourself as an explorer, a seeker today, you are in the right place because God's word is going to speak to you in powerful ways today. Shelly, would you mind to share about some of our experiences overseas? Okay, so if you're new here, I'll kind of give you the, the quick recap. So we were living in Jerusalem and um, running a school, and we had started a church. And so one of the moms um, who was attending our church, they're a family of Muslims, they started attending our church. They had already been attending the school. So she and I started to get, getting together on Saturday mornings just for coffee. So she would come to our apartment, we would sit in our same little places, have coffee, and have conversation. So at the same time, we also had a Live Dead team, and we were meeting with uh, monthly and reading books together and just studying all kinds of different things that we were going to implement um, from our team structure. And so one of those months, we were introduced to Discovery Bible Lesson. So we were, you know, talking this through in our team meeting, and it was basically put to me, you know, would I try this out with my friend? So I said, sure. And I was really nervous because, you know, now I'm going to change the way she and I are getting together and having coffee. But I knew it was the right thing to do, and I had a team of people that were praying along with me. They knew when we were going to meet, so I just really felt encouraged. So, of course, my friend comes over, we get our coffee, we sit down. And she would always come in with questions for me. And then that's generally what we would chit-chat about. 
So that particular day, she came in and she was like, you know, I'm so upset about the tsunami and, you know, why would God allow these bad things to happen and why does God allow so much suffering in our world? And I just said, you know what, instead of answering your question, I'd really like to just look at the Bible for this. Um, you know, can we just sit down and, and, and read the Bible passage together? And she was like, okay. So, of course, they opened the Bible, and I said, we're just going to start in Genesis chapter 1, and let's just read that together. And I said, well, actually, you know, would you mind reading it? And she was like, okay. And then I had to pause again and say, would you mind reading it since it's in English? <laughs> like, I should have had an Arabic Bible ready to go. She was like, sure, you know, I'm going to make some mistakes. And I was like, I don't care. So anyways, she starts in, she reads the first verse, and my heart was just about to explode because here I am sitting with a gal in my apartment, and she's just started reading the Bible for the very first time. Okay, like that was it. To me, I was just like, that's it. Hallelujah. We're done here. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Woohoo! You know what I mean? Like, let's not be overachievers, right? So, um, but you no, know, she just kept reading, and she read the first chapter, and I didn't say anything. She looked right up at me, and she said, God didn't create the problems in our world. He didn't create suffering. Everything he created was good. Like, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, like just, we just then were able to have just this beautiful conversation about God's heart for us and how he created this world for us and he wanted to bless us. And, and so it just was an awesome time. And it was a really valuable lesson for me personally to say, I do not need to defend scripture. I don't need to do that. God can speak for himself and he wants to. He has something to say. I also get pushback from people for saying, hear from the Lord. And what is God saying to you? People are like, don't say that. That really puts pressure on people. But I can't emphasize enough that God has something to say. And I don't need to be the one to say it. He wants to talk to you. Amen. And so um, I just love the Discovery Bible lesson. And I think that's what Zach's going to talk to us about today. Thanks, Joe. So here's a bit of the takeaway today. So we're going to talk about, you know, how do you apply God's word to your life? What I want to make sure is that you understand I am not your mediator between you and God. Jesus is. He died on the cross so that you have direct access to him, and you can hold his words in your hand and apply them to your life. You don't need a Bible teacher to teach you. Now, there's benefits. I mean, and I won't get into all that in terms of why we come together and worship and the body together and using our gifts for the sake of the growth of his kingdom. So I'm not discounting that, but this morning, I just want to make clear this morning that I don't want you here because you like me and Shelly. We don't want you to exalt us. We want you to exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I want you to take a look at God's word. And I'll tell you, after first service, it was so fun to have conversations with people in the way that God spoke to their lives through his word, the application he asked them to apply, and like they're equipped and sent out. So now it's your turn. And so what I want us to do is just walk through a process today that shows you getting into God's word is easily done. You know, sometimes I think we've overcomplicated it. It's easily done, and God can speak powerfully through it to you. So that's what we're going to do today. And, and the goal really is this, for you to understand that we've talked a lot about this message of you're invited, that you're invited to step into the extraordinary life that Jesus has for you. And so today's application is, is that you're invited to step into that extraordinary life by reading and obeying his word. I constantly tell my kids, this is God's best plan for your life. 
If you follow this, great things happen. And not to say that you're not going to deal with hardships, of course. But what happens is the difference is when you walk through those hardships, Jesus is there and you still have joy. So I want you to have that same truth embedded within you. So if you have your Bibles, hey, you're really going to need it today. So I really hope you do. We're going to be in Luke chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible with you today, the reason we say that is because we really do want you in God's Word. There's a Bible underneath the chair in front of you. You're welcome to borrow one of ours today. If you don't have one at home, take it home as a gift from the church. We want you to have God's Word in your hands. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 17, reading the first 10 verses. So I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word, simply to highlight that these are God's words to us, and God means for us to, to hear them today. Luke chapter 17, reading in verse 1. And he said to his disciples, so Jesus speaking here, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Well, any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table. Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all you are commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So I want to walk you through what's five steps of, of how you begin to discover the Bible for yourself. And anybody can do this. And the first one that you find is you start by retelling the passage. You retell it in your own words. That's the first thing you do. So this is on you version. If you want to look them up there as well, I'd encourage you. It might be worth something jotting down on the back of your program or on a connect card that you can stick in your Bible and refer to later. First step is retell the scripture in your own words. And you don't have to memorize it. You don't need to quote it word for word. That actually would go against what we're encouraging. Just state it in your own words. So from the passage this morning, if I don't look back at it, and I'm thinking through, okay, there was one about temptations and sin and forgiveness. That was kind of a part. Then there was a part about growing our faith. Well, you just need that of a mustard seed. And then there was another one about uh, being servants. So if I'm going to retell this passage in my own words, then I'd say, well, Jesus was walking with the disciples, sharing with them. Temptations are, are, are sure to come. Uh, but don't sin because we don't want you to lead others, you know, away from me as well. But man, if somebody's not living for me, tell them. You know, the words in the scriptures rebuke him. Let him know that so that he might live fully into the life I ha uh, have for him. And hey, if somebody doesn't treat you well, forgive him. If he treats you poorly seven times in a day, forgive him seven times. And the disciples, they say, well, Lord, increase our faith. But Jesus says, look, if you've got faith as a mustard seed. So the trip to Israel, those that went, we, we grabbed some of those. And we're like, hey, this is that mustard seed we're talking about. And it's small. If you've got faith like a mustard seed, you can tell a tree to go into the sea and it will obey you. And a servant, as we talk about being faithful servants of, of God, you know, that servant comes in from the field. Are you going to tell him, come sit with me? No. That servant is going to do his job. He's going to serve the master. And he's even going to say, well, we're unworthy servants. We simply were doing our job. So that's the passage this morning. So you retell it in your own words. 
Uh, I'm going to pick on Shelly this morning. Uh, would you mind to come tell it in your own words? So we'll give you some examples this morning. You don't have to know it word for word. You can even miss part of it. But the point is, is that you start to embed this passage in your life. All right, sorry. He says that because I missed part of it for service. But I said that was a wonderful example because you're going to surely miss some things and you feel like, oh, man, don't push me away. I, I love you. Go away. <laughs> okay, so... All right. Part one. See, this is a great way for you guys to see. His brain, my brain. <laughs> um, okay, so part one, he's talking about sin and temptation and sin. And so then you don't want to lead somebody else into sin. And that if somebody um, does something against you, you want to forgive them. Even if they do it seven times, then you need to forgive them, you know, that many times. And then he talks about faith. The disciples say, give us great faith. And he said, even with a little bit of faith, like a mustard seed, you can take the trees and throw them into the ocean. And then the third part was on the servant. Would the servant come in and expect to sit down with the master or would the servant come in to serve and then take care of himself after he has served the master? Well done. <clears throat> so now here's the different part of Sunday morning. We're going to ask you to walk through these steps. And here's the different part for the church leaders. I've already emailed some of you guys, so they shouldn't be unaware. I need your help this morning because some of you are new to the church and you're going to feel like, what in the world are we talking about this morning? I need your help, church leaders, to help facilitate some discussion. So we're actually going to ask you to turn around to a couple of people that are near you and retell the story. And don't worry, you're feeling like, I am so stressed right now. Don't be stressed. <laughs> you don't need to get it perfect. In fact, we expect that you won't. But if you get into the, the practice of actually beginning to retell scripture, so I'll tell you right now, the facil facilitator in your group, somebody needs to volunteer, like, I'll facilitate discussion. And maybe you, you were listening to that scripture, but only partly, because you didn't realize you are going to have to retell it. So the first thing <laughs> we'll have the facilitator do is reread the scripture for you to then be able to retell it to the people that are around you. Now, if you're online this morning, I get to be your facilitator, so I'll jump on Facebook and I'll comment and ask you, and you can do the same steps we're walking through online. But if you're here in this room, so leaders, I need you to kind of go about the room. I need some people up in the balcony to help, you know, the people in the balcony too, but take a minute, grab a group of people, retell the story. Go for it. Go. All right, we're going to keep moving through the process. So even if you didn't get a chance to, to retell the story... Hopefully you've heard it a couple of times with other people in your group. Second thing you do, so if you didn't get a chance to share, maybe you could start by answering this question. What does this passage teach you about God? Second way, so you retell it, so you start to understand it a little bit better as you do that. And then number two, what does this passage teach you about God? All right, go. All right, we're going to keep going on to step three. So you retell the story in your own words. You look at the passage, what does this tell us about God? Step three is, what does the passage tell you about people? What's it tell you about people? All right, so go ahead and run around again. If you haven't had a chance to share, facilitators help to make sure everybody's sharing in some capacity. All right, go. All right, last one, number five. You retell it. What's it teach us about God? What's it teach us about people? What's my I will statement? That's really important. And then number five. But you can share it with this week. If you ask, the Lord will be able to allow you to share the passage about forgiveness, about faith, about loving others well, about serving God and others well. So who does the Lord drop into your mind to say, you know what, this would be great to share with so-and-so this week. So go ahead and share that with your group. Who could you share it with this week? 
All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. I hope you've had some good discussion around this passage today. And the whole point is this, is we have given that invitation to step into the extraordinary life you're offered in Jesus, that you can live an extraordinary life as you read God's word and obey it, as you apply it to your life. That's one of the ways that you step into the life that God has for you. So why go through this this morning? Why, why is this important? Because all of you are meant to hear as you pass from this life into the next, those fateful words of well done, good and faithful servant. That's God's heart for you. But then how do we hear those words? Well, it's, it's things like walking through this process in scripture to say, God, what does this passage tell me about you? What does this passage tell me about people? What do you want me to do in response to reading your word and, and who could I share this with? Man, you do that? Well done, good and faithful servant. Because one of my concerns, especially having had some experience overseas, is I know that religion can take root in your heart in a way that's unhealthy. And, and here's what I mean by that. As we were overseas and, and working with uh, Muslim peoples, they, to become a Muslim, they say something called the Shahada, where they say, there is no God but God, and Muhammad is his prophet. And if you say that three times, then you are a Muslim. The challenge is, even in our Christian culture, we can kind of fall into the incantation style of Christianity, where if you just pray this prayer, well, then you're a Christian and all is well. And I want to push back on that a little bit to say a couple of things. Number one, your salvation is secure in Christ. He died for it. And so we understand that as you have made that decision to follow Jesus, we are saved by grace through faith. Paul says that as we confess to the Lord that, uh, that uh, he is Lord, and, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we're saved. But we have to be careful that we've not just said this prayer, going through rote uh, routine and saying, well, now that I've said that prayer, all is well. And the challenge is, as we look at Scripture, if there's not fruit uh, in your life that would point to you being a follower of Jesus, Jesus would say, there's so much more that you're offered in me. Some of the most troubling verses for any pastor, they come from Matthew chapter 7, and they're the words of Christ. And here's what he says. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. If you have no compulsion to look at God's word and apply it to your life and go after it with all that you are, then I would encourage you, examine your heart today. Because God wants you for himself. He wants you to hear, well done, a good faithful servant. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Man, those are challenging verses. God has a heart for you. You matter immensely to the kingdom of God. God made you uniquely you so that you would fulfill his purposes and plans for this world in service to him. And we want to help you enter into that. And part of that is you taking a look at God's word and applying it to your life so that you step into the extraordinary life that God has for you. May you hear my heart this morning. I am concerned about the eternal destiny of everyone in this room. I'm concerned about the eternal destiny of your neighbors and of your work colleagues. And so because of that, I want to make sure you know you've got direct access to God. You can open up his word and apply it to your life just as we walked through this morning. It's not complicated, is it? It's really not. Five things. And you can... Grab a hold of truths in your life that you otherwise would not have. So I encourage you, daily dive into God's word and watch what it begins to do in your life. You're meant to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And I desperately want you to hear those words. So I want to make sure that we lead you well. I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's... (laughs) I'm not going to read God's word again. You have retold it many times. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. (laughs) But man, if you're here this morning and you would say, you know what? I'm not even a follower of Jesus, but God spoke to me through his word. And I want you to pay attention. I didn't speak to you. Who spoke to you today? God did. Isn't that incredible? God wants to speak to you. May we never take that for granted. God wants to speak to you every day. So my prayer is you start to grab a hold of God's word in ways you maybe haven't before. And if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to hear that God has a heart for you today. He's after you. He brought you here today, and you may not even have realized it. And he wants you to make a decision to turn your life over to him. Back to that scripture. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, which is to say, God, I surrender my life to you. When we pray that prayer, Lord, your kingdom come, what you're saying is, God, where your rule and reign is not there, enter in. That's a prayer for all of us. So if you're here today and you'd say, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but my heart is for him today, I just want to encourage you to make that decision before you leave from this place. So with every head bowed this morning, we want to provide a space for you to say yes to Jesus. More than a prayer, it's a relationship, and it's meant to be into eternity. So if if that's you today, you'd say, I've never made that decision, but I want to make it right here, right now. Just raise your hand, and I want to pray with you before we leave. Anybody would say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus today. I want him to keep speaking to my life. I want to follow his perfect plan for my life. Anybody would say, that's, that's me. I, I want to follow Jesus today. I want that relationship with him. A relationship with God because Jesus died on the cross for me. God, I just pray for each and every one in this room today. I thank you that you give us direct access to you through your son and his death on the cross. That we know that it's true because he was resurrected from the dead. And so God, I pray that we would live as people of the resurrection today. People that are granted your power and authority to live well in your name, to share you with others. So God, I pray that if anyone here today has been struggling, maybe unsure of where they're at with you, that they can be firm in who they are in you and understand that you have a great plan for their life. It may not be easy, but it's good. So God, I pray that you'd bring joy where there's joylessness. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace where there's stress and anxiety. God, I pray that you'd bring wholeness where there's lack. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would continue to help all of us to walk in your ways. May we not take for granted this life that we're offered in you. May we step into it fully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you didn't raise your hand, or maybe you did, and because of the lights I can't see you. But I want to make sure you get connected with the body of Christ in a powerful way. So yes, we want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you, but I also want to give you God's word and access to a mentor in your life that you can ask questions of. So as we sing this last song, if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but you want to respond, Pastor Mark, could I borrow you? Thanks for coming back. Hey, youth, welcome back. They were on a retreat this weekend, but they wanted to come back to be a part of what was happening here too. Love having you here. Thanks for worshiping King Jesus. Uh, What an awesome thing to do. But if you're here and maybe you want to respond, come and meet with Pastor Mark and we'll have prayer team members that will pray with you, give you access to God's word, and we want to answer questions right away. But otherwise, as we sing this last song, it's my heart is yours. May you sing that honestly today. May you sing, Jesus, my heart really is yours. Let's give our hearts to God fully today.